Vandersloot gives it up. Parker to tie. You bet. Finds Rose. Rose trying to get open. Fires away. Bang! It's over. The Bulls win at the buzzer. DeRozan to win it. No! DeMore DeRozan delivers. Anderson hits it in the air to right. Back at the wall. The White Sox win it. What is going on, everybody? This is Mike Hughes, and you are either listening or watching Mike on the Mic podcast. And today's a little bit different. Uh, for everybody watching from Chicago, everybody watching at home that knows me from Mike on the Mic podcast, I just want to say thank you for expanding on the journey and joining 1252 Sports Entertainment with Fat Mike from Chicago Sports. I love every minute of it. I just joined this network. They are amazing people. And I want to say thank you to Fat Mike, Alan, Harry, and everybody else for this opportunity. Uh, it means the world to me, honestly and truly. And, and it's going to be something special. Uh, for anybody new that hasn't heard of me before, uh, not to sound cocky, but just buckle up because I can't wait to continue to just thrive here and do amazing things for this network. Um, I, I love every minute of every single person who's a part of this network so far. It's been nothing but love uh, being a part of the Fat Mike show, being a part of Harry's show, do, doing things with Alan. It, it's been nothing but love so far. So I want to say thank you guys first and foremost for that opportunity before we get into the show today. Um, to give a little bit of rundown, 21 years old, I'm out of Chicago, Illinois, northwest side. I uh, spent a lot of time on the south side, spent a lot of time on the north. I've been everywhere. I've been everywhere to get a little rundown. Um, diehard Cubs fan, Bulls, Blackhawks, Bears, Chicago Sky, you name it. Uh, and, I, and for all my Sox fans out there, don't worry, I do cover the Sox too. I, am not, I do not shy away from that. They have an amazing core going there, um, and I can't wait to cover them as well as you've seen in the intro video. But to get into today's episode, episode one on 1252. Again, thank you guys for watching. If you are new, I hope I make you guys proud. I hope I make you guys a fan. Uh, and I hope you guys tune in every single Saturday at 7 Central. We're going to make this a regular thing. Thank you guys for watching. Um, thank you guys for being here. And, and let's get right into it. We're going to start off and we're going to have a conversation right now because it, it was hot. It's a hot week. And, you know, we haven't had a single game so far this week. It's been fucking insane. Um, I can't believe, you know, the amount of football news that we've had so far this week, and we haven't seen a single game. We got the Bengals this week. We got the Rams. We got the 49ers and the Chiefs. And the biggest news so far 
Is Tom Brady retiring, but he's not retiring? We have no idea what's going on with that. Aaron Rodgers' situation, we have no idea what's going on. We're going to get into so much of it, and we're going to cover that all in a little bit. But that's not why we're all here. That's not the conversation that we're ready for. We are going to be talking about the Chicago Bears first and foremost. And first off, before we get into the Chicago Bears, before we get into everything going on over there, I just want to say today is a special day. 47 years ago today, the late and great Walter Payton, number 34, I got him back there, was drafted by the Chicago Bears. He's my GOAT. He'll always be my GOAT. Uh, Never die easy is something I live by. Um, and, and it's something that I think everybody can take a little bit of and, and, and take a little part of what Walter Payton stood for and what he meant to the city of Chicago. Um, so I just wanted to tip my hat off to him really quick and, and just give him that shout out because he deserves it. Uh, he always will be the face of the Chicago Bears. Now, with that being said, the new faces of the Chicago Bears. Now, Ryan and Matt have been fired. And then we all know Virginia McCaskey's horrible with names at the age of 99 now. So they just hired another Matt and another Ryan. And at the same positions, we have now hired Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles, new head coach. He was a defensive coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts. And now out of Kansas City, we have gone back to the Kansas City tree. We have Ryan Poles as the general manager of the Chicago Bears. Now, there are a lot of different things we can say about this. There are a lot of different people that have opinions. Um, here's my completely unbiased opinion. First, we're going to start off with Ryan Poles. He also brought in Ian Cunningham, you know, from the Eagles. Now this, this was a shock to me. I didn't even know this fact. I learned it today from one of my buddies, uh, Bobby Foster, shout out to my boy, Bobby, but I learned the bears have never had in their entirety of their entire franchise organization have never had an assistant GM. This will be their first assistant GM hire, which I love. I, I think that is the greatest step in the first direction. Um, for the Chicago Bears is, you know, with the, the fault of Ryan Pace was I felt like Ryan Pace was the only person in Ryan's ear. Ted Phillips wasn't in his ear. George McCaskey wasn't in his ear. And if they were, they were negatively putting things into his ear. So with this, I feel like, you know, Ryan Poles has someone else in his ear who he trusts, who he believes in. He has over nine years with the Philadelphia Eagles organization. He's done amazing things over there with that scouting department. Um, Ryan Poles, another guy, you know, we're, we're very shaky. Allen and Fat Mike have made it very clear they also are shaky on it um, about how much of a role Ryan Poles truly had in Kansas City throughout his 13-year tenure there um, in, in that scouting department level. Because we all know he was in charge of the personnel. We all know he was in charge of everything going on over there. Um, but here's the biggest thing. How much of a role did he truly have in drafting guys like Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, um, you know, Tyreek Hill? And, and, you know, you could say what you want, but even Kareem Hunt, it was amazing draft pick. It really was. You know, you can't really fault him for drafting <laughs> Kareem Hunt. And then and then the things in the off the field situation happens. It's a totally different conversation for a different day. Um, but, yeah, he, he's drafted relatively well. We just don't know how much of that was him truly. And that's really the only unknown question right now. Now, to everybody, I, I, I want to address this out of the room really quick. And and I, I was one of the people who said if it wasn't Ed Dodds, I wanted this guy. I wanted Ryan Poles. I did not want Morocco Brown. I did not want anybody else throughout this organization because, and it's no shot at Morocco, but it's it's one of those things where it's like, you've been a part of this organization before. And not to say that the Bears have not let guys go who ended up being a lot better than they were when they were here. We all know it. We all know the story. We, we can name 
Thousands of guys who have walked into Chicago, got ran out of Chicago, and now they're thriving somewhere else. Robbie Gold being one of those guys. You know, the organization thought he was done. They thought he was washed. Now look at him calling game against Aaron Rodgers in the divisional round, and now he's in the NFC Championship. So we'll see what happens with that. But I do think with Morocco, I just think there wasn't enough there for me. There wasn't enough there for me to be like, this guy has really thrived in the positions that he's been at. Um, and he's successful in those roles. Now, I do think he is going to be great one day. He has guys in Indianapolis with like Ed Dodds and so on and so forth that are really good at what they do. And I think if he sticks with them and he continues to learn and thrive from them, I do think he will have a role um, as a general manager or as an assistant general manager one day in this league. But with Ryan Poles, to have over 13 years of experience, only being the age of 34, was a member of the Chicago Bears. People forget um, undrafted free agent coming to Chicago, you know, he, he understands what the culture is here and he understands the BS, you know, throughout the front office and what it's going to take. Um, one of my biggest things about the bears right now, and, and I truly do feel this way, um, from what I'm hearing is, is Ryan Poles walked into that room and said, I don't care who you want as your head coach. I don't care how you feel about this guy, this guy, and this guy. Um, at the end of the day, I'm going to make the decision. And that pissed off Pullian and that pissed off literally everybody in that room, but that's what we need. We don't need another yes man. We don't. Um, so to have a guy that you can relatively say, you know, we, we were on the Fat Mike show this week, I believe it was Wednesday, um, and we had a conversation about it and we spoke about it. Um, and, and we said, right now, we're in the middle. We're, no, we're not going too far this way. We're not going too far that way, whether it be good or bad. Right now, we're in a place with Ryan Poles to where it's nothing but positive things. The fact that you're separating yourself from the rest of the pack um, of George McCaskey's little clique, I feel like speaks volumes to what we're going to be doing. I think that's amazing. I think that's exactly what we need for this organization right now. Um, and I'm all here for it. Now, here's my biggest thing. And, and we've talked about it time and time again, whether it be at the ASAP network, where I also you know do things over there. You can find me there. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, whether it be just in Chicago or whether it be at 1252, we've all had these conversations how much of this head coaching opportunity was really given to Ryan Poles? You know, we, we, we make this decision right now. You know, we, all, we understand it came down to three guys. You know, it was Jim Caldwell, Dan Quinn, and Matt Everflues. And, and I have been trying to say this guy's name for I don't know how long. I was calling him Elmer's Glue for the longest. I didn't know how to pronounce it correctly. I'm fully on board. I've done my research. I know everything I need to know about the guy now. Um, so I do truly apologize for calling him Elmer's Glue the other day on 1252. I was very tired. We were breaking news. I didn't have enough going on for me, uh, but we're here now. Evers glue or Evers flues is one of those guys um, that I truly do believe in. You know, I've done my research. I've seen what he's done with Indianapolis and, and a great fact that Mike spit out. And, and then I've heard from other people as well is, you know, when you really think about the Indianapolis Colts, you know, you, you think about their offense, you think about Peyton Manning, you think about Andrew Luck, you never really thought about their defense. As of late, you're thinking of Jonathan Taylor and that defense ever since um, Eberflus got there in 2018. They have been top 10 in the league every single year from least points allowed. That is exactly what this defense needs right now because I'm not going to sit here and I'm going to pretend like this defense still is what it is. I understand Robert Quinn had 19 sacks. Khalil Mack did not play, and I, I understand that. Um, but at the end of the day, we were averaging towards the end of the season, the, 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 final, the final quarter of the season, probably – 25 to 45 points a game this defense was given up. So I do truly feel like Everett Clues is the right guy. Um, you know, I, I, I truly do. I love this comment right here. I knew you'd come around on Everett Clues. I'm so proud of this growth. Um, yeah, no, truly though, truly though. I, I do think at the end of the day, um, it, it's one of those things where 
you just gotta you just gotta suck it up and understand that you didn't get the hand that I wanted. Um, I wanted Brian Dable. Now the you know head coach of the New York Giants. Maybe we'll see Mitchell Trubisky follow him because I don't know how much he believes in Daniel Jones. Um, kind of saw that one coming because the assistant uh, GM of the Bills ended up being the GM of the Giants now. So I kind of saw the familiarity there and, and it kind of made sense. Uh, so I get it. Uh, but it definitely is going to be a shit show. It's going to be a shit show. And I have no idea how they're going to be able to do that. But I'm excited to see how they pan out. But back to the topic at hand, you know, Everflues definitely is a great option. Now, here's the thing. And we've talked about it time and time again. Now, here's where I might lose a few of you. I want you to bear with me for what I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to take away from what George Hallis built. I'm not trying to take away from the identity of the Monsters of the Midway. But the way the game is going today, I think the Monsters of the Midway need to be identified as an offense. When you think of the Monsters of the Midway, a modern-day Monsters of the Midway, now my boy up here, you know, that, that, that's, a, that's a monster. You know, Lance Briggs, Peanut Tillman, Brian Urlacher, the list goes on and on. You know, you got the guys from the old days. You got Dan Hampton, Otis Wilson. I mean, Mike Singletary, we can do this all day. Mongo. Team Mongo forever, baby. And and it's definitely something to where you need to look at it, though. You need to understand what the league is today. What the league is today is an offensive heavy team. You know, the monsters of Green Bay are Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers, question mark, um, and Aaron and um, not Aaron. Um, and Aaron, yeah, Aaron Jones, pardon me, but Aaron Jones. And, and that's that's what it is. When you think about Tampa, you don't think about that defense first. You think about Tom Brady, you think about Godwin, you think about Gronk, you think about Evans, you think about Fournette, so on and so forth. But when you think of the monsters of the midway, you're thinking of Quinn, you're thinking of Smith, you're thinking of Mac, you're thinking about, we were, we used to be thinking about Eddie Jackson, but that's a conversation for a different day. Um, but we're not there anymore. That's That's not what we need. Now, a quarterback is going to fear the monsters of the midway. But we need teams to fear the monsters of the midway, and that's where I'm at. The monsters of the midway need to be David Montgomery, Larry Borum, Justin Fields, Darnell Mooney, Cole Komet, whoever else you want to throw in there, whether it be Chris Godwin, Christian Kirk, Williams, whoever you want to sign in free agency, it is what it is. I don't give a shit. Just make sure they're legitimate. Make sure this is real. And that's where I feel like with Brian Dable, you have an identity. You have an offensive system that's going to be here for at least four to eight years, depending on how long that contract is going to be. You know, if you want to continue working with him or so on and so forth with a defensive minded guy, it's just going to be a bunch of offensive coordinators coming in and out the door. The same thing we had with Jay Cutler. Uh, you know, every time someone has success like Adam Gase with Jay Cutler. All right. Adam Gase is out the door. Now he's a head coach somewhere else. That's where my problem was. Um, I felt like Jim Caldwell was more competent. I felt like there was more with him there, um, but I could be wrong. And, and, you know, I do think at the end of the day, Ryan Poles made a good decision. I didn't like the Dan Quinn thing. Um, it's no shot at Dan. I think Dan does very well. Um, I think he's going to be great for what he does, but I think at the end of the day, um, it speaks volumes to how it, how it went down in Atlanta. And there's a reason you ended up in Dallas with Mike McCarthy. So I wasn't really willing to take a chance on that. Now that defense did look great this year and that's fine. Um, but it was a very, is a very small sample size, I guess you could say in Dallas. So I, I would have liked to see what he could do a couple years in uh, a couple more years. in, I should say, um, and, and with Everflues, you have that right there. You know, you have it since 2018, you know what I mean? So since the Chicago bears became relevant again, this guy has been doing his thing. So I love it. I think Everflues, you know, he doesn't take bullshit. Here, here's my biggest thing. And any any of my Eddie Jackson supporters out there, I used to be a former safety, so I loved Eddie Jackson coming out of Alabama. Uh, but my biggest problem with Eddie Jackson is once he got that bag, I felt like he became so compliant, so undisciplined, and just kind of feeling like he made it, like he's finally at the top and he didn't have to try anymore. That's just truly how I looked at it. Everflues does not take that. 
Everflues, if you watched Hard Knocks with the Indianapolis Colts on HBO Max, great watch. It's still up there now. If you want to learn more about Everflues, you can definitely find it there. Um, But Eddie Jackson missing tackles and Matt Nagy telling him it's okay, continue to be you, is exactly the problem and is exactly why those situations continue to happen week in and week out. So I'm really looking forward to see how he changes this mentality of the team from being so passive and player-friendly type of guy. Um, Not to say that that's a negative connotation and that's a negative thing, but it's definitely something to where you have to look at it and be like, no, but if you're playing like shit, you need to know you're playing like shit. So I feel like Everflues is that guy. Uh, Jim Caldwell with his health issues, I was very not concerned, but it's one of those situations where you can't put too much validity and stock into it because Andy Reid had heart issues on the on the field uh, last year. You know, we've seen Bruce Arians with heart issues before. We've seen a plenty of guys that are older in age, 63 to 70, when you look at Arians and Reid. Um, Bill Belichick as well, you know, hasn't always remained the healthiest. He's not the most fit guy, but it's definitely something you have to look at and you have to understand at the end of the day, if they're, if they're cleared to go, they're cleared to go. So I do think at the end of the day, Everflues is a great hire. Everflues is going to remain a great hire until proven otherwise. Um, my biggest thing, and, and, and it's what I've been reiterating this entire time, is it meant nothing if you don't get an offensive coordinator. Now, I understand Jim Caldwell is going to be interviewing in other places, but honestly, if you want to make Jim Caldwell the highest paid offensive coordinator, do it. Like, I don't care how much you got to pay him. Do it. And, and that would be amazing. You, you look at him being able to handle Justin Fields. And you also look at the fact that you look at the guy and what he was in 2019 before he had to step away with his heart and health issues. Um, he wasn't an offensive coordinator. He wasn't a head coach in Miami. He was a quarterback's coach. So you understand he's at a point right now where he doesn't need to be a head coach. He doesn't feel like Byron Lefwich or Brian Dable, who have been offensive coordinators and, and player development type guys and, and, and quarterback coaches their entire life, they are going after their very first opportunity. Jim Caldwell has been a head coach before. He's had winning seasons as a head coach. So I feel like if you want to throw the money at him, you can do it. And, and I feel like that's what it's going to have to be because continuing to just have this spiraling door you know, of, of just offensive coordinators isn't going to be good for Justin Fields. That's exactly what happened with Jay Cutler, and I'm not trying to do that again, uh, like I said earlier. So I do feel like at the end of the day, we do need to get a solid and proven offensive coordinator. No experimental bullshit, nothing from the Shanahan tree, nothing from the McVay tree. Please don't go to the Reed tree. Please just do what we have to do to be great. And, and, and whatever it takes, whatever it takes, like if you want to throw money at them, throw money at them. We have money. We're top 10 in salary cap uh, flux, flexibility this year. Pardon me. But it's definitely something to where we have the money to do it, not just on the books, but in the pockets of the McCaskies. They can do it. So do it. That's just where I'm truly at right now. Um, I'm really excited for it. I think this is a great hire. I'm really excited um, to see where this goes because we're not done yet. Obviously, um, Ian Cunningham, Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus is a great step in the right direction. I think they're doing amazing things. Uh, but again, it means nothing if you don't revamp this offensive line, you don't bring in more weapons for fields, and you don't give them a coordinator that we're going to be able to believe in for more than just one to two years. That's where I'm standing at the end of the day. That's where I think, it, you know, regardless of how anybody feels about it, I think it's not going to work unless we have a consistent offensive coordinator. You can put in Gronk. You can put in... Mike Evans here, as long as you want. If we do not have a system that works and is consistent, we are going to have the same issues we've been having the last 30 plus years. Fat Mike, I know you're listening, baby. I'm going to say this one for you because I know it's your favorite line. Eight winning seasons since the Super Bowl that are not 500 teams. Eight winning seasons. 
A big part of that is because you've never had a consistent offense, never a consistent offensive coordinators, never same cage. You have different quarterbacks coming in and out the door. We don't even want to go down the list of how many quarterbacks are going in and out of the Chicago Bears the last 30 plus years. That's where I'm at. We need to change the narrative of what the Chicago Bears are. You can have a Monsters of the Midway defense. That's perfectly fine. But focus on that offense first, and we'll figure out the pieces from there. Everflues can make anybody into anybody. You know what I mean? He can make Duke Shelley look good if he wants to make Duke Shelley look good. And if he doesn't, he's going to get rid of him and replace him with someone who can't. That's just the reality of it. If you don't fit, you're gone. And that's where Matt Nagy has such a huge issue is because he's trying to force things down your throat, and he's not he's not prepared to let things go. That's where I feel like with Everflues, it's going to be great. But we can get into all of that and more when we find out more about the season. I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited to see what these Chicago Bears do have to offer um, and, and what it's going to mean going into the future. Now, we do have another conversation. We do have another conversation, and I'm really excited to get into it. These Chicago Bulls, baby. And if you don't know me, you know I'm so – I'm diehard Bulls fan my entire life. The Derrick Rose days – I mean, that, that's where I grew up. I'm 21 years old. So I, I know all you guys are going to bash on me for missing the Jordan era. I missed it by a year. Um, it's, it's, I know. I know. I know. It's my fault. I apologize. I'm sorry I am as old as I am. It's, it's completely my fault, and I take full responsibility for it. Um, I'm an asshole. I know. But it, it's definitely something to where I haven't seen and I haven't been this excited about a Bulls team since the D-Rose, early D-Rose days. Noah, Dang, Gordon. Uh, the list goes on and on, and, and and this is the team. Now, I wanna, I just wanna pose this question to everybody out there listening right now. What do we do? What is the big goal for the Chicago Bulls right now? Right now, I'm looking at the Chicago Bulls, and and, and I'm thinking, you know, do we gotta get Jeremy Grant? Do we gotta get Sabonis? Do we gotta get Miles Turner? Do we gotta do something? We need another big man. Vooch is Vooch is horrible. One night he's horrible. One night he's amazing. One night he's he's washed, and the next night he's the Messiah, and he's exactly what the Bulls needed. It's so inconsistent. But here's my big take on the Chicago Bulls right now: with Lonzo Ball missing six to eight weeks, with Alex Caruso, Derek Jones Jr., and many others, and Patrick Williams probably all going to return in mid March. You know, early March, mid March, around that time frame, they're all hurt. For six to eight weeks. If you don't think that's a conspiracy that the NBA doesn't want Chicago to be great, I don't know what is because it's 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 all lining up too perfectly for me to look at this and say this is legit because six to eight weeks is ridiculous. Um, but you look at it right now, we're still in second place in the Eastern Conference, 30 and 18. We dropped the ball last night to the Kings or the Spurs, pardon me. Um, might as well have been the Kings because I mean they're both awful. But at the end of the day, we lose this game 131 to 122. How do I feel about the Bulls? What direction do they need to go, especially with the trade deadline being February 10th? What are we supposed to do? Are there moves that we're supposed to make? Should we blow up guys like Kobe White and Patrick Williams, who are only 21 and 20 years of age, for someone like Jeremy Grant, who's proven? Or should we just ride it out and wait for everybody to get healthy? My complete unbiased take. I, I truly do feel like at the end of the day, you got to wait for these guys to get healthy. I think if you can make a move, make a splash. Now, let, let's 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 shut this down really quick. Sabonis, anybody that thinks Sabonis is coming in the Chicago Bulls is crazy. That is, there is no realm of possibility that where the Bulls can afford that right now. They have less than five million dollars to work with. Uh, there's no way, no how that happens unless you get rid of damn near every single person in that starting five. Um, as much as I would love that, I don't think it's in the realm of possibilities. I don't think it's in the realm of realism, and I think we need to own that. Uh, Jeremy Grant's one of those situations to where he's only 26 years old, 27 years old. So I do like that. Um, I just feel like at the end of the day, it's, we don't need it. That is exactly what Patrick Williams can offer to us only at the age of 20. 
a lot cheaper. He's not on a final year deal. Um, it, he would be a rental, and we'd be giving Patrick Williams, who's only 20 years old, uh, already a premier defender. He's looking great. Uh, they call him the claw for Christ or the paw for Christ's sakes. He's looking like a baby Kawhi Leonard out here when he's healthy. I mean, I think that's honestly what I'm waiting for right now is to see truly how healthy these guys can be. And with the emergence of Kobe White finally being that guy we always wanted him to be. Um, and I said it all the time, Kobe White is not a point guard. Kobe White is a shooting guard. He's just playing the point guard position. He's a two, naturally. Um, and that's what it is at the end of the day. Um, I think really when you look at it, you just got to hold it down and wait for these guys to get healthy. I know this is going to sound cocky. I know this is going to sound like, you know, I'm just a biased fan, but I don't care where we place. I don't. Whether it's one through ten, whether it be first place or the play-in, I think if all of them are healthy, Billy Donovan and the Chicago Bulls can make a run no matter what seed they're in, especially with the Kevin Durant situation with his MCL injury. Um, and, and you look at it in all totality of Kyrie Irving and his vaccination status. Now, we don't do the whole should you be vaccinated, should you not be vaccinated conversation here. That is a different show for a different day. I just feel like at the end of the day, if he don't want to get vaccinated, I'm perfectly fine with it because that just means I don't have to play him in Brooklyn. That's 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 where I'm at. That's where I'm at. So whatever Kyrie's got to do, he's not on my team, so I don't care. I love Kyrie as a player, um, but, you know, it, it, I'm just happy he's not a Chicago Bull. But with that being said, you know, I, I do feel like they need a big man. I was big on them getting Boogie Cousins on a cheapier deal. Um, you know, a, a veteran minimum, it wouldn't be huge. He could just be that big man on the bench. I think it'd be perfectly fine. Um, you know, one trade I truly do believe in and one trade I've been reiterating to everybody, here's my thing. And anybody who doesn't know basketball, I'm sorry I'm going on this rant, but if the Bulls are going to make a trade for anybody and they're trading potentially Kobe White and Patrick Williams, I would rather it be for Mitchell Robinson and Obi Toppin, something like that, something out of New York. I need that second big man for Vooch. Vooch is playing too many minutes. Vooch is out there too long, and he's becoming too much of a liability at times. So if you can bring in Obi Toppin and you can have a starting five going into the playoffs, this is just a hypothetical. This is not me saying this needs to happen. This is me saying if they are to make a trade, here is the trade I would want that, fine. number one, financially works, and number two, isn't so far-fetched to the point to where everyone's calling me crazy. You know, like Sabonis is the crazy factor. Sabonis is the one that's most likely not going to happen. Um, but with that being said, I, I definitely do think at the end of the day, we need to look at it and understand Obi Toppin with those five wouldn't even have to be that big of an asset. You look at him and what he can bring as a premier defender, um, as a big man, you, you look at it as a dunker. I mean, the lobs would be insane. You go into the playoffs with the starting five of hypothetically Lonzo Ball, if healthy, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Obi Toppin, and Nikola Vucevic. You look at the bench and you got Alex Caruso, Kobe White, Io DeSumo, Chicago native. That's my brother. Um, you know, young kid, 21 years old. He, he's killing it, man. Um, shot at the aisle, but, and then you have Mitchell Robinson, Mitchell Robinson and Javante Green would be your bigs. Then you get Derek Jones Jr. in the mix. Derek Jones Jr. would be back. Maybe he's a part of the trade. Maybe he's not, but it comes down to it at the end of the day, that that is the most realistic trade to me because you're getting more than just one guy. You're not trading Kobe White and Patrick Williams, both under the age of 25, Patrick Williams under the age of 21 for Jeremy Grant on a rental deal. That's ridiculous. I, I understand why why Detroit does it, but I don't understand why the Bulls would do it. And Miles Turner, as much as I like Miles Turner as a player, Miles Turner is not worth a sniff or even a lick of Patrick Williams and Kobe White at this point in their careers. Um, so you can miss me with that. That's definitely not helping. That's definitely not in the realm of possibilities. Um, but yeah, for the Chicago Bulls right now, like I said, 
ride it out. I think we're in a situation. I think we're in a conversation to where, and I hate to say it because it sounds cocky. It sounds cocky for a team that's unproven. It sounds cocky for a team that really hasn't made any noise, especially in the playoffs. Um, But it comes down to it at the end of the day that we need to understand that we are a good team. You know what I mean? Like the hype that is with this team is real. Everything about them has been legitimate. Everything about them has been proven that they are doing it by the book. They are going about it the right way. Um, So to me, I think stay pat, do what you're doing, and just keep the core. Do not blow this up. Because here's the biggest thing. Here's the biggest thing. And and this is a conversation for later down into the year. But if Zach Levine does not resign as a Chicago Bull, and he just made it known that he is excited to enter free agency, he would love to play in Chicago. He's made that clear. I am not saying that he is not happy here. What I am saying is he's excited to be a free agent for the very first time in his career and to be able to test that water. Now, we already know Sacramento was very interested in him. They have the money to do that. They are already shopping Buddy Hill. They're trying to get Ben Simmons. They're trying to do whatever they can. If they could bring in Ben Simmons and Zach Levine and Tobias Harris and, and do whatever they want to do with De'Aaron Fox, I mean, you, you have to look at it and understand there are going to be a lot of teams that are interested in it. One team that I think, you know, and this is we're not going to get too deep into this because it's a whole different conversation for a different day, but one team that I think really could use um, Memphis I just, I just messed it up. Use Zach Levine is Memphis. That's what I was trying to say. Got a little excited about it just thinking about it. But Ja Morant and Zach Levine do a little sign-in trade, probably have to give up um, Barnes or, or Dylan Brooks. But at the end of the day, I think you get it done. I think Zach Levine and Ja Morant would be amazing together. They're both explosive. They're both premier offensive talents. Um, and, and they're both coming into this league very, very quickly. So I do think, you know, you have to look at that. You have to take that into consideration when you think about trading a 20, a 20-year-old 20 turning 21 in Patrick Williams, a 22, 23-year-old in Kobe White. If you get rid of them and lose Zach Levine, you are taking a huge step back. And that's definitely something you have to look at from our tourists' perspective and, and, and everyone else in that front office is you're building something special here. And I know you have no ties to Kobe White because that's a Gar Pax, that's a John uh, Paxson and Gar Foreman decision. They drafted Kobe White, but you know Patrick Williams was their first draft pick. Why would they want to give up on him this early? You know what I mean? So I look at it like that. I understand Io is playing great ball, and and Kobe White kind of looks like the odd man out um, because Io is so young. He's on a cheaper deal, and next year Kobe's going to have to get paid. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I truly do think you have to run it back with these guys. I don't think trading them is a good idea unless it's a no-brainer. Like I said, it doesn't have to be Obi Toppin. If it's Julius, I don't care. If it's Julius Randle and Mitchell Robinson, whatever you got to do, do it by all means. If it makes sense, make it make sense to me, and I'll, I'll back you up on it completely. Let's make a run. Let's make Chicago basketball relevant again. Um, but don't force it. Don't force it. Don't get Jeremy Grant and Miles Turner just to get them. You know what I mean? Like, let's build something. We're injured right now. We already are in second place. The Miami Heat are legitimate, and they're the team that I thought going into this season were going to pose the biggest threat because they just gel right, and they are just – they're just complete, man. Like, and no, no shot at Milwaukee. Milwaukee's great and talented as well. You know, and Brooklyn's playing great ball. The Bulls play great ball. But at the end of the day and, – and, hey, shout out to Cleveland. Cleveland's doing amazing things right now, too. Cleveland's the number three seed. Anybody that said they saw that coming is crazy. I had them in the play-in, and that was a maybe. That was a maybe. I did not see the Knicks and the Hawks not even being in the play-in and Cleveland being number three. I mean, I had the Bulls at four, and even they're meeting my expectations. It's succeeding my expectations, really. Um, but yeah, that's, that's really, that's really it for the Chicago Bulls. I think at the end of the day, you just kind of got to stay pat, but we're going to continue this conversation about Chicago basketball.
for all my Chicago Sky fans, we're going to be talking about that very quickly. But first, we're going to get a word from our sponsors very quickly. My name is August O'Neill Doozer, and I am running for the 37th state rep, which incorporates New Lenox, Mokina, Lockport, Frankfurt, Orland, Tinley, and Homer Glen. I stand for pro-life, pro-Second Amendment, pro-education, pro-police, and pro-vets. I believe that we should have a card for the vets, and they could go for service at any hospital or facility in the state of Illinois because they deserve it. My father and grandfather were Chicago policemen, and you can see them on my website at www.deuser.us. I was a police officer, and I went back to school and became a teacher of students with emotional conditions. I have been on the front line for 30 years. We need to change the culture of politics in Illinois. If you elect me, I will do my best to change the culture. I have integrity going into the job and can't be persuaded to follow the status quo. Visit my website at www.deuser.us. Hello, this is Paul from Nick and Ivy Brewing Company. We are located at 1026 South State Street in historic downtown Lockport, Illinois. We are very excited to be partnering up with the Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show as well as the 1252 brand because we are one of the few Chicagoland breweries that embrace sports and sports culture. Come in for a fresh brewed beer made right here in Lockport while catching the game of your favorite team. Stay for the live music that we have booked every weekend. Or just come for a cozy atmosphere to enjoy a good conversation with a friend, loved one, or complete stranger. Nick and Ivy makes you feel right at home no matter what the occasion is. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for Nick and Ivy Brewing Company. Visit our website for our up-to-date tap list or to go shopping on our online store at nickivybrewing.com. That's N-I-K-I-V-Y brewing.com. Come in today for a fresh brewed beer born and raised in Lockport, Illinois. Real estate is hot right now, and you need an attorney to handle all of this. My guy, Mark Berardi, does this all day long. He's a straight shooter. There's no fancy language. He's just to the point. And he and his team get the deal done. There's no BS. He also does estate planning, trusts, wills, and power of attorney. He has great reviews up and down the board from a ton of happy clients for him and his big team. They're all just down-to-earth and normal people as much as he is. You will not be disappointed you went with him. He's located in Homer Glen and New Lenox and handles real estate all over Illinois. There's no place too far, so give him a call today at 708-942-8030. Again, that's 708-942-8030. Or look him up online at Mark Berardi and Associates. Now, back to what we were talking about, I want to say very quickly, thank you to Nick and Ivy and everyone else that sponsors 1252 Entertainment Sports. It is an honor to always be sponsored with you guys. Um, It's an honor to even be here. So with that being said, we're going to get right back into what we're talking about, Chicago Sky Basketball. For any of my WNBA fans, um, you know, it's it's very tricky right now because the casual fan – that, that doesn't follow the Chicago sky will tell you, Oh, well, they just won a championship. So why not think that they're going to be amazing next year? I'm very concerned about the Chicago sky. I'm in a situation right now to where I look at the Chicago sky and the salary cap. That is the WNBA, which is 
insanely difficult to comprehend because it's it's so realistic to modern day. It's so realistic to my paychecks versus your paychecks, you know, a, a union job or something along those lines. Like the, the amount of salary that these women are making is insane compared to the men. You know what I mean? Like they are making 80, 50,000 to 120,000 at max. And, and that's the craziest part about it. Um, I do think at the end of the day, the Chicago Sky went all in last year. And then let's get a recap. Now, the WNBA champions of 2021, amazing. I love the ring of it. Um, Candace Parker coming home, hometown queen, comes into Chicago with Chance the Rapper and so many other people by her side and, and wins a championship here. You know, they, they weren't even predicted to win it. And if you watch Mike and the Mike podcast, we did have a conversation about it. I'm very big on the WNBA in case anybody here is wondering why I'm even talking about them. I have supported them for years. Um, and, and where I thought it was going prior to the passing of the late and great Kobe Bryant and late and great Gianna Bryant, uh, God rest their souls, two year anniversary just came up. Um, you know, I think about that honestly every day. Um, and it's crazy. It's crazy to think that that happened. Um, but it's definitely something to where I felt like they were going into that next step of, of just talent, of just, you know, looking at it from a different perspective of just more than just women's sports and the narrative that ESPN and so many other places throw that it's a step under the big leagues. But it's really not when you look at these women, when you look at Brittany Griner, Diana Taurasi, Candace Parker, uh, Brianna Stewart, and, and the list goes on and on. Um, it, they're just dogs. They're dogs. They're amazing. They are talented and, and they can wipe the floor with anybody at a rec center in Chicago. And, and I'll speak volumes of that and I'll speak true to that. Um, but at the end of the day, here's, here's what I want to say about the Chicago sky. The situation that we're in right now is very, very unfortunate. Now, Candace Parker is going to be an unrestricted free agent in 2023. So that does not give us a lot of time. Um, right now there are three to four people on the books for the Chicago sky Diamond to Shields, first round draft pick, number four overall pick, I believe in 2018, if I'm not mistaken, you can fact check me on that, 2018, 2019, around that ballpark. Um, she hasn't declared that she wants out, but she's a free agent. Um, her role in what she is with the Chicago Sky isn't what she might have intended it to be when she was first drafted. There was a lot of hype around her. Um, so I feel like a change of scenery truly might be good for her. Um, so I do think we are out on Diamond DeShields, unfortunately. I love DeShields. I love what she does for the city. Uh, she's an amazing individual. But unfortunately, I just think the way this team is headed and the direction that they were in being a championship-minded team and her not being able to – it sounds so bogus, but just step up in that way and be exactly what we wanted her to be um, is is very unfair to her, and and, and it's unfortunate. Um, but it, it's just the hand that she was dealt and, and it's a situation to where she hasn't lived up to being the number four overall pick yet. Um, you know, and, and it's just something that we need to live with and understand that this might be the shot where, you know, we just have to move on from that. And, and diamond to shields would be a big loss for this team. Now, Stephanie Dulce is an interesting situation. I know she was just recently married. So if she is going by that last name now, I am going to get that down. I am going to, you know, fact check that. So pardon me if she's going by a different name now. Uh, but as of right now, I know her as Stephanie Dolson. She's a situation where she's looking at the New York Liberty. She did a little little eye emojis in the in Instagram about something about joining the New York Liberty. And I'm kind of starting to think that, uh, you know, we, we have seen the last of Stephanie Dolson. Uh, she's a great center. She's great for what she does. She produces. She gets boards. She gets buckets. I mean, she's a, she's an animal. And, and I love every minute of it. Um, here's the biggest problem to me, though, is, is the fact of what are we going to do to replace her? Now, we're going to get into that in a little bit. 
um, on what I think they should do if they can't retain a few of these people. Now, obviously, um, if you can't bring back the Shields and you can't bring back Dolson, there is one person that we know for a fact is coming back, and that's finals MVP and potential future MVP because she is a beast. Kalia Copper has been courted. And, and in the WNBA, if you don't know what courted is, it's basically saying that the Chicago Sky have restricted their rights to her to be the only person to be allowed to negotiate with her during free agency. Now, you can court one player every year. That's the biggest thing. Courting is the craziest thing. And if it was in the NBA, um, you know what? When I really think about it, it's basically a franchise tag. It's basically a franchise tag, what it is. It's it's a one-year deal. You can either offer them a super max, and later on you can be a part of the situation to where you you know extend their contract after you cord them. But as of right now, Kalia Copper is only going to be in talks with the Chicago Sky. So I, I do expect a deal to be made there. Um, you know, it, it's great to have her back because losing her, Dawson, and DeShield would be detrimental to this team and what they're trying to do. Right now, I love Candace Parker. I love my girl. Dana Evans, you know, I've had her on my podcast multiple times. Hopefully we're going to be having her on 1252 very soon when he gets when she gets back from her vacation. Um, I hope you're enjoying everything, sis. But it's definitely something to where I think she can step up in the in the despite of the shield being gone. I love everything she's done. We've had her on the show multiple times. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a good friend of hers. I'm saying that because I truly believe in this woman, you know, being on the bench this year watching DeShields, watching, you know, Dolson, watching Copper, watching uh, Candace Parker go at it. She learned a lot. Um, and being traded by the team midseason um, is definitely something that's not easy to go through. So being able to come off the bench and still produce, I feel like is a big part of why she's going to be able to step up if DeShields does leave. Um, with that being said, we also have Vandersloot and Quigley on the brink of leaving. Now, here's the biggest thing with them. They are free agents as well. If you didn't know, if you don't follow the WNBA like that, I'm I'm gonna be your I'm gonna be your guy. I'm gonna teach you everything about it. Um, they're married in real life. They're married in real life. So to me, in my unbiased opinion, they're married. They have a relationship. Obviously, you know, if one wants to stay, I feel like they both would stay. If one wants to leave and convince the other, I think they're a package deal. I think whether they're staying or leaving, they are a package deal. So I do think they are going to stay. Vandersloot is beloved in Chicago. Quigley is beloved in Chicago. Um, you know, and, and I don't see why they wouldn't want to continue to play together. So I do think they are going to stay out of all of the four or out of the five that are free agents. Mainly there are others as well, uh, but these are the big names. These are the big hitters that if we lost every single one of them, we would be a lottery team, um, which would be unfortunate. But I do think at the end of the day, the most realistic ones to retain outside of copper, because we do have the rights to her, um, by courting her is, is Vandersloot and Quigley. So I think copper Vandersloot and Quigley do stay, um, now to cover up for what we were talking about earlier with Dolson, how do we replace Dolson and DeShields? Here's my biggest thing right now. Dana Evans to me can replace DeShields. I'm perfectly content with that. I think that's going to be fine. I think we're going to be able to work that out and I think she'll be able to step up in a big way. Something I heard through the vine, through other people that I know that watch the WNBA, Liz Cambage, she plays right now uh, for the Las Vegas Aces. What an animal. What an animal she is. She is 6'8", 30 years of age from the from London, uh, the United Kingdom. And, and I love everything about her. I love everything about her. She is a beast. Um, if we can offer her a max, I, I truly do believe that covers everything we're losing with Dolson and then some. She can produce her own shot. She can be a number one option. She can be exactly what we need her to be. 
Um, and, and I'm here for it. If Liz Cambage can come to the Chicago Sky, I am number one supporter on Liz Cambage coming here. So if you want to get rid of Dolson, if you want to get rid of the Shields and then bring in that max contract between the two that you would have used for both of them in order to bring Cambage and just bank on Dana Evans stepping up and being that person we need her to be, um, or, or other players on the team as well, who knows who we draft, who knows what we do. Um, I truly do believe Candace Parker, Beige, um, you know, you have Vandersloot, Quigley, Evans, and, and so on and so forth. And then let's not forget Kalia Copper and who she's transforming into. I truly do believe at the end of the day, the Chicago Sky are going to be in a good position to run it back with James Wade as head coach. Um, I love James. I think he does great things. I think he's a great schematics guy. Um, he's a player's coach. Like that's, that's one thing with basketball that's so different than football. Being a player's coach matters to me uh, because if you, there's so many different identities and so many different type of understandings of who people are and, and how they communicate. You know, you need a Phil Jackson. You need someone that understands. When you have Brittany Griner on your team, now this is obviously for the Mercury, not for, for the Sky, um, and you have Diana Taurasi. Those are two very different women. Those are two very different individuals. You know what I mean? Um, so one's one of the greatest of all time, and one is the Dennis Rodman of this era. And what I mean by that is Brittany Griner is a badass. She is a badass. She will beat the shit out of anybody. And that's just, that's just the reality of it. So you need to be able to maintain those relationships, maintain those mentalities and, main, and maintain those relate, just not relationships, but um, personalities is the word I was looking for. Don't know why it was uh, escaping my mind, but it, it's definitely something you need to look at right now. And you need to understand James Wade can do that with just about anybody. So I am not concerned about that whatsoever, but that's where the Chicago sky are at right now. I do think at the end of the day, we're looking at it from this position. Um, I think they'll be okay. I think, obviously, Kalia Copper is someone who is going to be a big focal point of this team. More so than Candace Parker at this point in her career, I think she is going to be the face of the Chicago Sky if Dolson, if Vandersloot and all of them leave. Um, and DeShields, of course, I, I think she's next up. And, and Candace Parker obviously being that as well. Uh, but Candace Parker being older of age, I think you have to understand at this point in time, um, Copper's on the rise. Copper's on the rise, and I'm, I'm here for it, and I'm excited for it. So I'm really excited to see what they do. If they could bring in Liz Cambage or someone along those lines, I'm fully in on it. Um, it would be amazing to bring in Brianna Stewart, who is also a free agent and one of the best players in the league right now. Um, but I don't know. I, I've heard, I'm hearing a lot of things right now. One is no one wants to go to Atlanta. No one wants to be the face of Atlanta. They got a young core going on there. Um, but no real identity in winning basketball. And right now it's all about New York. I've heard from several sources, from several individuals, that there are many individuals that want to go team up in New York this year and make a super team. Um, and I could see it happening. I really can. If Dolson, Stewart, and others all go to New York, that's going to be a force to be reckoned with. Now, you're looking at Connecticut. You're looking at the Mercury. You're looking at the Sky. You're looking at all these other teams. New York could be up there with the best of them. They weren't too far off this year anyways. So I do think at the end of the day, we need to look at that um, in all seriousness and, and take them seriously and, and really get these girls under contracts. Because if we lose them and we don't retool and we don't bring in Liz Cambage or we don't bring in a, a Bri not Brianna Stewart exactly, because I don't think we can, you know, we definitely cannot afford that. Um, she's going to be one of the highest paid WNBA players in the league soon. Um, I truly believe that, but I think at the end of the day, Candace Parker is only going to be able to take us so far. Copper and and and, and quickly and and Vandersloot and Evans and so on and so forth. They're only going to be take us as far as they can throw us. And if we don't have um, a big, that that's going to be a huge problem. So losing Dolson could be detrimental. Losing to Shields, 
it, it hurts more than it's a concern. It, it's just the upsetting fact that she didn't live up to be exactly what, you know, her potential was. Um, not to say that she can't somewhere else, but, you know, what the expectation was in Chicago was huge. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm excited for Chi-Town basketball. I'm excited for Chicago Sky basketball. Uh, the draft lottery just happened a couple weeks ago. I'm really excited about that. Um, I'm really excited to see what free agency continues to conspire and, and, and what we do with that. I think it, it could go either way. The Chicago Sky can either run it back with a different different look kind of squad, kind of like a you know Jordan in the first three-peat versus the second three-peat. It's a totally different squad other than Michael and Scotty. Um, but at the end of the day, I do think we're going to look at it and it's going to be a very different Chicago Sky team. I don't think you're going to be able to keep all of these women um, as much as I would love to. But with that being said, we are going to get into our final topic of the day, and I'm very excited to get into it. Uh, matchups, matchups for this week. I want to see where everyone's at right now with the games going on tomorrow. Our first game is at 2.30 Central. I'm excited for it. You guys should be too, or 2 o'clock Central. Pardon me. We have the Bengals versus the Chiefs. Who do you guys have in that game? I would love to see in the comments. Um, it's going to be something that What's going on, Mike? Uh, what the Sky did this year was awesome. Bulls next year, baby, most definitely. Um, but what we're looking at right now, and, and I truly do believe at the end of the day, we do need to look at it from this perspective. Can Joe Burrow withstand Patrick Mahomes and go tick for tack? Harry, it's always lovely to see you, man. The Bulls need another big man. Can't beat the elite teams till a year away, in my opinion. I completely agree. Um, we're not going to get too off topic about that because we just changed the whole subject. But I agree. They are a year away. It's just nice to enjoy them now, and I would love for them to be, you know, in 2022, in 2023 right now. Unfortunately, it's still 2021, 2022 season, and, and we're just going to have to run with that. So I do agree with you. I do agree with all you guys. Um, I'm really excited about it. Um, it's, oh, my guy, Randy Jowers. It's lovely to see you, brother. Randy's my guy. Um, I love everything about him. Randy's my guy at ASAP Network. Definitely check him out. And in Off the Bench podcast, they do amazing stuff over there out in Memphis. Um, hopefully we'll have you on the show, the show soon, brother. But back to what we were saying about Joe Burrow, not to get off topic. Um, you know, I, I do think at the end of the day, I was rocking with Burrow. I was rocking with Jamar and I was rocking with everybody in that Cincinnati Bengals team because they are just so much fun. So much fun to watch. Uh, and Jamar Chase won me a fantasy football championship this year in my first year doing it. Uh, so shout out to Jamar and his 55-point game in the championship. Couldn't have done it without you. Um, but unfortunately, realistically, I do think this is where the ride ends. I, I am rocking with the Bengals. I am going to pick the Bengals. My heart is telling me to pick the Bengals, but I do have to look at it in all seriousness and understand that the difference between the two teams, I do believe Burrow can go tick for tack with Mahomes um, from an offensive perspective, but I don't believe that offensive line can. I don't think they're going to be able to handle Chris Jones, uh, the, the Honey Badger, or any other individual on that team, especially Mike Hughes, cornerback for the Kansas City Chiefs. Not to be a little biased here, but I think he's one of the greatest corners in the league, and it's not just because we share the same name. But it's definitely something to where they're a lot more proven. I know they're surprising a lot of people, um, but they, they just haven't looked the same as they've looked in recent weeks. You know what I mean? So it, the Bengals are changing at a high level. Um, so as much as I want to say that the Bengals win this game, I do think it's going to make a lot of people aware that Patrick Mahomes wasn't going anywhere. And that's a shot at Stephen A. Smith. That's a shot at ESPN, Colin Coward, Nick Wright, and everybody else who was saying that the Chiefs were done. You know, that, that was the conversation we were having early on in the season. Like, that's, that's the reality of it. And that's the craziest fucking part is we're looking at it 
And, and it's it's the same shit. They were just experimenting with stuff. You know, having Chris Jones being a defensive end instead of the tackle is is, is an experiment. And Andy Reid had the luxury of being able to do that because he knew at the end of the day what this team was going to do with Kelsey and Hill and CEH and, and Mahomes and everybody else. He knew what they were going to be able to do in the end of the day. So he took a shot. He tried to experiment with some things. It didn't work. And then he went back to what he knows best. Um, so I do think that the Chiefs pull this one out. I am rooting for the Bengals, but I do think the Chiefs pull this one out. We're going to fast forward really quick before we get out of here. I don't want to hold you guys for too long. 5.30. This is the 30 that I messed up. Uh, central game, the 49ers versus the L.A. Rams. I think this is going to be the game of the week. I do. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo and Robbie Gold and George Kittle as well. You know, they had their fun with with. Aaron Rodgers and blowing out the Packers and it was a game winning field goal. I love to see it. Love to see it for Robbie, especially, especially after the day before with the Milwaukee Bucks sitting here, looking me straight in the face and telling me that they're supporting Grayson Allen for that dirty hit on Alex Caruso. That's fucking ridiculous. So shout out to Robbie gold for saying, nah, hold my beer, watch this. And he took his Chicago roots and kicked a field goal right in between the nose and knocked Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers out the very next day. So karma's a bitch. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, at the end of the day, if you want to double down on something, we can do that too. Uh, so shout out to Robbie Gold for all that, and I'm rooting for him. However, I have to stick with what I've been saying the entire year. I said it from the beginning. Um, it's my favorite thing I've ever said on the ASAP network. I just said it one day, and I've been rocking with it all year. We all know what happens when white boys from Detroit end up in L.A., 8 Mile, B-Rabbit, Eminem, otherwise known as Matthew Stafford, is finally in L.A. This is his moment. This is exactly what we've been waiting for. This is what he's been waiting for his entire career. So I don't think at the end of the day Kyle Shanahan's going to be able to keep up with, number one, that Rams defense. Um, I was expecting a little bit of Trey Lance in the playoffs, you know, just like some experimental type stuff, but it looks like we're not seeing even a lick of that. Um, so I do think at the end of the day Donald Miller – and uh, Floyd and everybody else are going to get to him. I think that's going to be the biggest part of all of it. Um, at the end of the day, I will say this. Um, hold on, let me pull up this. Let me, let me, Troy, Troy Palamanu. Um, I don't know you, bro, but I don't, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. I bet you're an amazing individual, but I hate that take. I didn't. I am not a fan of that, Troy. Um, thank you for being on the show, my brother. Thank you for always being here. I've seen you before. You are an amazing listener, an amazing fan. Um, but we we need to trade Fields is not it right now. I will not go back. I am riding with Fields till the wheels fall off because I refuse to draft another quarterback. That's just it. Um, but as, back to Matthew Stafford, I, I do think at the end of the day, um, what he and Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham Jr. have been able to do and, and the emergence of Cam Akers, which if you've watched the ASAP network and you're watching me from there, I have said Cam Akers' production isn't isn't going to be what makes them win these games. What's going to make that part of it is that it makes their offense two-dimensional. They were one-dimensional for a very big part of the season because Henderson and Michelle were not a big part of that offense. Now that they're two-dimensional, you see that they're starting to take off of what Matthew Stafford is doing. The pick sixes are are, are, are subsiding, and we're really starting to see a two-dimensional offense from Sean McVay. Um, so I do think Cam Akers is a big part of this too. But I'm going to go with the Rams. I've been having them going to the Super Bowl all year. Um, I placed a bet that Green Bay would do it just because it was the hot hand and it, and it was the – you know, it was the pick of the month. Basically, everybody was saying that Green Bay was going to run it back. So I had to do it. Um, but at the end of the day, I do think the Rams are going to pull it out. I probably would have to predict that it's going to be Rams versus Chiefs. 
Um, but I would love it for it to be Bengals versus Rams. I, I do think at the end of the day. But I do want to say really quick before I get out of here, um, thank you, everybody, at 1252. Thank you for all the love and support. Thank you for everybody who took a chance on me, Mike, Harry, Alan, everybody else. Um, it's an honor being here. It's it's just, you know, growing up being the kid from Chicago and finally getting this chance to be on this platform um, and to be with you guys and to be willing to grow here and build something. I think it's going to be amazing. Um, so I do want to say thank you again for everything. And I can't wait to continue to do this and continue to rock out every single Saturday at seven central. Um, check it out. Mike on the mic. You can find me Mike on the mic podcast. You can find the merch on Mike on the mic podcast.com or at teespring.com type in Mike on the mic. You should find my ugly mug there somewhere. Uh, you can find me on the ASAP network. You can find me at 1252, wherever you need me, just come find me. I'm on Facebook 99% of my day looking through memes and looking through BS um, to share about Chicago Bears news um, and somehow trying to find a way to get this team to the Super Bowl. But with that being said, thank you guys for listening. This is Mike Hughes. You are listening to 1252 Entertainment Sports. Definitely check out other shows like Harry, Allen, Mike, Fat Mike, and so many others. We are here every single day. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait to come back. Thank you guys for having me again. This has been Mike Hughes. Peace. Vandersloot gives it up. Parker to tie. You got Anderson hits it in the air to right, back at the wall, and the White Sox win!